0: Good afternoon, ladies and gents. I am so excited to be back. Um, I have an interesting um, topic for you guys, but it's very deep and emotional. So before I get into it, if there's anybody that is under the age of 18, um, I don't think that this would be a good podcast for you to listen to. It is very, um, it can be very disturbing. So... If you are under the ages of 18, I would advise you to click out of this podcast. But if you are 18 and older, I feel like this wouldn't be too much for you to hear. And is very very important. And it's some really good advice. Even though this could happen to anybody, I just want to make sure that I don't uh, scare my listeners. But at the same time, I want to bless my listeners with some info that they may not know about. So let's get right into it. Anyway, I want to thank you guys for joining. Today's podcast is the effects on sexual assault. The effects on sexual assault. So the first one that I have written down is shame. What I mean by shame, because I know you're probably trying to figure out what exactly do I mean by shame. Uh... When I say shame, I mean, like, some people may feel basically ashamed that, you know, somebody uh, sexually assaulted them. Basically, somebody took something from them without that person giving the other person consent. Basically, they didn't tell the person that they wanted it to happen or they didn't give the person permission to give, you know, to um, have this sexual encounter with them. Basically, the person took advantage of that person so people that usually survive from this type of thing feel like that they're bad or they're wrong or you know dirty or permanently flawed sometimes when they feel dirty I feel like they 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 feel like you know like they're not valued or they they're not cared about anymore or They're not beautiful or uh, who they are as a person doesn't matter because when a person takes advantage of them on that level, they make a person feel like, um, you know, kind of like they meant nothing. Even though I know, even though it, it only, even though maybe one person did it to him and it wasn't, you know, like a whole bunch of people, or whatever the case may be, people struggle with. Uh, feeling good about themselves even when they get around other people. And I know it can be hard to take in, but that is something that uh, survivors of sexual assault deal with. The next one is guilty. A lot of sexual assault victims feel guilty after this uh, situation occurs. Uh, Survivors feel that the abuse was their fault which is very important. I want to. I want you guys to keep in mind that if this specific thing did happen to you, do not ever think that this is your fault. Even if a person may make you feel like it's your fault or even if the person say, if you tell somebody or if they even told you, if you tell somebody, I'm going to do this to you, I'm going to do that to you. You got to think about it this way. Um, how could it be your fault if the person decided to do it, they chose to do that to you without you giving them consent. You know what I'm saying? It'd be different if you was like teasing somebody and, you know, like teasing somebody purposely. And then you tell them, you know, I feel like, you know, I don't even want to say that. I feel like in general it's never, you know, your fault if it happened to you. Because people are going to do what they want to do. And if they want to take advantage of somebody, like sexually, and you didn't give them consent, that's their fault. You, it's not like you came out of your mouth and said, Oh, you can take advantage of me and I have no problem with it. Most people don't do that. I doubt that people that actually got raped usually tell the person. That raped them or the person that's about to rape them. That you can rape me. Nobody wants to be taken advantage of like that. Because it's not a great feeling. Okay. It is very difficult for survivors to place the blame on a person who assaulted them. Often the offender, the offender was a person close to them that they wanted to protect. Now, guys, this is very prevalent. Um, a lot of people that uh, get raped. They don't usually get raped by people that they don't know. But I'm not saying that there aren't people out there that get raped by, the, by people that they don't know. But I'm just saying most times, like 90% of the time, they get raped by people they know. Listen, guys, there are people that have family members that have raped other family members. And then they have people that are... Listen, I'm, there are people that get raped even by their best friends. There are girls, females, um, that get raped by boy best friends. You know, people can get raped by um, their boyfriends, and it sounds crazy. People get raped by their husbands. People, it can just happen to, it can just happen by anybody. And that's why you have to be, you gotta be, you gotta try to be cautious. Like I said, it's never your fault if it happens to you guys, okay? It's not. Don't blame yourself. Controversially, for controversially, it may be that by placing the blame on the offender, they may, they may, they then feel helplessness. So basically, if they don't blame the person, well, if they don't blame themselves, a lot of times the survivors feel like they're not helping the situation. When really, if you was to walk up to the walk up to a police officer and let them know. That a situation happened to you like that. Like if you were sexually assaulted or, or raped. Um, that would help by you telling them that this person did it to you. And you telling them why. Because I don't... My thing is if you're telling somebody no and you didn't give them permission. How could that be your fault? It's the other person's fault because they decided to not listen to you and just do Whatever. Basically disrespect, disrespect you on all terms. They completely disrespected you and who you are as a person. Denial. Survivors saying it wasn't that bad. It only happened once. I am fine. I don't need anything. Sometimes, okay, now I want to talk about this, this, this is, um, denial this is specifically for my listeners that has friends that have been raped or sexually assaulted, guys. If you have a friend that's saying that it wasn't that bad or it only happened once or they're fine and they don't need anything, I'm not saying pressure them to, you know, get them to say something different. But I would say get them to tell you the truth because... Um, them saying that it wasn't that bad. I doubt if that's really what they mean because when a per everybody doesn't recover from rape. First of all, and that's that's the same thing for sexual assault. Sometimes people are damaged for the rest of their lives and when you when you have a friend or a cousin or anybody close to you that you know this happened to, you want to really talk to them and get to know how they're doing because you never know what's on a person's mind until you actually talk to them. So like I said, and then, oh, yeah, then the other thing is when, when it does happen to people, sometimes they say these type of things because they just want to cover it up. And if a person doesn't get help, the situation can become can become worse. So you want to you want to um, you want to try to be there for these people that you know of that it actually happened to you don't want to and then you don't want to make them feel bad because it happened to them, make them feel uncomfortable about it because like I said it was not their fault. It was the person's fault because they decided to um disrespect the person on all terms and did not listen to the person when the person said no. Safety. Survivor's sense of safety has been altered they may assess unsafe situations as safe and perce- and perceive safe situations as dangerous. It is important to explore what the survivor would feel safe by asking specific questions about safety. This is what they mean by that. So it means that safe situations that people think are safe, you know, normal situations that you know are safe. And this is this is for a person that it never happened to like you know when you're in your right mind a specific thing is safe you want to help the person out that is that um that has been raped and let them know this is a safe spot for you Whatever, wherever they are you know that it's safe let them know this is a safe spot nothing is um n- nothing is going to happen to you and you'll be okay because you don't want them to get the two words mixed you don't want them to get the two words mixed up unsafe and safe you want them to know the difference between what's safe and what's unsafe because um you don't want them to make a mistake and get somebody in trouble because of something that happened to them and they thinking oh well this is gonna happen to me by the same person or this is gonna happen again or this person is the same way you know what I'm saying because everybody's not the same isolation many feel that they do not deserve support that they are tainted and that others will not want to be their friends or lovers This is very important. Some people who have been sexually assaulted and raped, a lot of times they feel like they won't, they will never be loved the same or a person won't, won't, uh, well, how can I say it? They just don't think a person will ever treat them, you know, you know, treat them. This is a hard way to explain. Give me a moment. Like I said, they they feel like others may not want to be their friends or lovers, even though there may be people that actually want to love them and be their friends, but it's like they block them out and they, you know, they put walls up because it's hard for them to trust the person again, as well as um, them, you know, staying isolated from these people because it's hard for them to trust again, you know, no... Um, know what's right from wrong, who's here for them, who's not Who's not there for them, um, who will keep them safe, and who won't keep them safe, which is very important for them to know the difference. Amnesia. A survivor may not remember what happened. In the long term, if the sexual assault happened before the development of language, which I think means that before they started talking like you know when they were uh infants or whatever the case may be the survivor may not have memory they may not remember and if they do they may not say nothing until they get older sometimes people don't say things at all because they're just scared because you got people out there that that threaten people and they say things like if you do this i'm gonna kill you if you do this i'm gonna uh hurt you you never know what, t- what people say, or well, they may say something like, I'm going to kill a family member of theirs. So you never know. Dissociation. A survivor may have dissociated during the sexual assault incident. They may describe floating up out of their body or looking over their own shoulder during the abuse. Floating up out of their body is a, um is a saying. Basically means that they feel like um, they didn't feel like themselves uh, during the time that they was being uh, taken advantage of. They they um, they felt like wow, it's really hard to explain it. But basically, they just felt like their body jumped out of their body. <laughs> um, dissociation can happen even when the survivor is not being assaulted or abused an event or memory can bring up emotions which trigger dissociation which means a person could be at a at a a great event they could be having a good time and then something happen. something could happen like a big noise that could like terrify them and then it could make them think about the time that they was being sexually assaulted that's an example physical survivors may have somatic, somatic com, body complaints, you know, eating disturbances, anxiety, difficulty concentrating, physical symptoms relating to areas of their body affected by assault. Um th- this can be really bad because uh if you're in school, you may have trouble concentrating because um Because your mind probably isn't, you know, working the same or you're still trying to recover from what happened to you. Because like I said, when things like this happens to people, they don't really feel like themselves anymore. Or they're not in, they're not really in their happy place. Or they don't have confidence anymore. That confidence really, really drops. Um, Emotional. Survivors may be very expressive, disoriented, disbelief, denial or controlled, which is distant or calm, like distant from people. They may have a lot of anger and sadness on a regular basis. cognitive, cognitive, I think this was I think this was how you pronounce it, cognitive. Survivors may be unable to block out thoughts of the of the assault, which means they it may be hard for them to um, erase with uh the assault that happened in their life um or they may not remember what happened at all they may constantly think about things they should have done differently which is the same thing as thinking that it's their fault nightmares are usual for people um that have been assaulted you know survivors may also have thoughts and fantasies of being in a in a uh in a familiar situation and mastering the traumatic event, basically um, being in control of it. Um, Other related issues that may emerge are eating disorders, physical changes, changes in sexuality, substance abuse, self-harm, thoughts of suicide. Very dangerous, guys. That's why I'm saying you have to figure out what your friends, family members are thinking. Anybody that you know of that you know have been sexually assaulted or raped, you need to know what's going on because you never know. People say they're doing well and they don't be doing well. And um, depression and post-traumatic stress. Anyway, guys, that is the end of my podcast. I want to thank you for listening. Um Please subscribe to my podcast so you can know when uh, all the latest episodes are coming up. And keep supporting and have a good day.